In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Selling a little... Or a lot? <coughs> Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. I need time, time, love. Joy, joy, I need space. Love, I need me. Yeah. You might be hurt, babe. Ain't no lie. Go. Remember you told me that it made you believe in no man, no cry.
guys, welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. What's going on with Lisa Rinna's lips? Right? What's going on with those? No. Um, free Britney, right? Free Britney. That's what we got to talk about. We have a great show. We, we do, and I don't want to... Because we're going to have a lot of laughs later on in this show. We have Joe Gunn. And Joe Gunn, if you don't know him, you, you're going to... He's just... He's a brilliant... Uh, I hate to even just say meme maker because we got to get some respect for the, the for, for saying meme maker because I believe that is truly an artist the way he does it. And he's just a brilliant man. And we're going to have a lot of laughs later on. But what I want to do first is talk about something that I've been talking about for a couple months now, uh, for a long time, actually, if you if you listen to this show, uh, we've talked about this for a long time, and, and we had a very important hearing today in the, the Britney Spears conservatorship case. So I want to give that the proper due first. And I really, I want to, I, I, I thought about this since I heard uh, her statement, Britney's statement, and it really moved me a great deal, and I've been thinking about it all day. And it, you know what? I, I'm older than you guys, I'm sure. You know, I grew up with Britney. I think we're similar ages, and um, you know, I think I have a younger audience, and I have uh, my age audience, and I I know I even have an older audience. But I know for all of us, we have those people that we grow up with in terms of celebrities, musicians, actors. And when you grow up with them, you don't really realize. But then you, you look back when you when you see something like Britney, you can't help but take stock of your own life. And so it's very uh, you're very protective of these celebrities, of these pop culture figures. And I've thought for a long time now how horrific the situation is, like I said on yesterday's podcast, celebrities at their best are supposed to be aspirational, are supposed to, we're supposed to want to be them, right? All of us, all of us listening, we have more freedom than Britney Spears. Think about that. We have better lives potentially than Britney Spears. And I can tell you growing up how many times I was around her music. I was at a club and her music was playing. I managed a nightclub and her music was playing. How much joy she brought to me. I had random Britney occurrences where I remember with uh, my girlfriend from high school, we went to um, we went to Hawaii, the big island, and we stumbled upon a beach concert that Britney Spears headlined, and I think it was on Showtime. It was when uh, it was her second album. The oops, not oops, I did it again. But the, anyways, and and by the way, Destiny's Child opened up for her, and that we just stumbled upon that. But I'm saying with the with somebody that huge as Britney Spears, we have so many memories with this person. Our lives are kind of tethered with this person. I was with her. When she shaved her head, not literally, but I was in L.A. that moment. I, I remember refreshing Perez Hilton when that happened. I, I remember. I mean, she was at I, I, I've been at nightclubs with Britney Spears and 
this just isn't right. And I'm trying to trying to think of the best way to communicate how horrifying I think the situation is. And there is a very troubled person behind this or, or, or at the forefront of this, Brittany. And, you know, I'm not ever saying that Brittany doesn't need help. I'm saying, but like, but it's like, we all need help, right? Like I get help. I get therapists. I, I take medication. I, I'm in control of my own finances. I'm, I mean, maybe too, too much. I'm in control of when I go to sleep. I'm in control of when I wake up. I am in control of my own body. Nobody's telling me I have to put something in my body or I can't take something out of my body or I can't get somebody pregnant if I wanted to. And I'm not joking. I have autonomy over my own body. Think about that. You have more autonomy over your own body than Britney Spears. But it makes me really sad because we all have so many memories with Britney. I was even thinking about when I first moved to L.A. I I think it was, gosh, I, I used to visit during like high school and college and I would do extra work where I was an extras casting director because we knew this lady, Sandy Alisi, who still has a casting agency out here. And and uh, we were lucky enough to meet her in Arizona, me and my ex-girlfriend. And I remember coming up here on the summers. And I remember she was on the cover of Rolling Stone, Britney Spears. And it was that cover, I think it was David LaChapelle, where they shot her like, you know, and I think they talk about this cover all the time because they shot her as this, you know, in retrospect, it was kind of gross because it was like, look at how hot this 17 year old is. She was dressed up like the schoolgirl. She talked about her virginity in the article. You know, there was references to Justin Timberlake. I remember reading this. Uh, You're going to crack up, you guys. (laughs) I've never mentioned. I (laughs) there's a little band called Papa Roach and they have a song called Last Resort. This is my last resort. Um, and I worked on that music video. I checked the extras in and I remember being outside in downtown LA. And I was at this, just like a random table reading at like midnight, this Rolling Stone article. And it's really funny. That really is how fast life goes is that I can remember that moment of reading that Rolling Stone and thinking, man, this girl has got, I mean, this, this girl, I mean, she's going to be and continue to be insanely popular. This is a star. And this is how we treat our stars sometimes. And I was also thinking, and you guys might not know this as much, and I I plead and beg with you to learn more about this person, uh, Tina Turner. Tina Turner is one of the greatest vocalists in music history. Just period. There's actually a great HBO documentary that came out last year about uh, Tina. I think it was called I, Tina. I could be wrong about that. But I implore you to watch uh, What's Love Got to Do With It. Um, It was the movie based on her life. Um, So amazing. Like, literally an amazing movie. But Tina Turner was abused by her husband, Ike Turner. And 
her life and the climax of this movie, she finds the strength to leave her husband who is physically abusing her. And she does that. That That is the... And then she breaks off and she, she has this amazing, huge solo career, which is what most people know Tina from, even though she had so many great hits with Ike Turner, her ex. But it's that strength to do that. And I felt like today, and I could be wrong, but today felt like that dam's breaking moment where it was like, wow. She is able to speak for herself. And it wasn't perfect. Imagine how any of us would do in that situation. It wasn't some soliloquy. It wasn't beautiful Shakespearean prose. It wasn't delivered like an actor. We've all seen her in Crossroads. No. It was delivered with somebody that was angry. Like we all are for Britney. It was delivered in what I, I hate to say the word liked. But what I empathized with was the mistakes in it. At times she was going too fast. She did use curse words. I had a lot of people write with me today of like, well, she doesn't, she doesn't seem all right still. Of course she's not all right still. She talks about it. They put her on lithium. They put her on such an intense drug. She's lucky to be able to make complete sentences right now. I mean, and my only thing is, Let's try it with giving her freedom. Let's try it. Let's see what can happen. You know, these drugs sometimes can be these miracle cures for people. But at the same time, they can also snuff the life out of you really quickly. And I think we can all see there was a a point when Brittany had like really a lot of light in her eyes. And then you can also see when that light goes out. And and this is just my personal opinion, you guys. I, I want to use the word allegedly for all of this. I, I want to try to be... Uh, I get it. I, I struggle with depression myself, and that's a different thing than what Brittany is obviously going through. But I don't think the current path that has been going on for these last 13 years is the right path. And I think we've all seen that. And I will also think that she's given us, us, us enough joy... She's given us a soundtrack to our lives and to some of the best times of our lives. She's made us dance, laugh. I mean, so many of my friends love the hell out of her. So I'm so thrilled that today might have been an important moment to get somebody's rights back that deserve it. I want to go back to thinking of Britney as an aspirational figure, as somebody that like, damn, God, I wish I could live their life. It's only right, right? We need that. We need to look up to people sometimes, you know? But this is somebody that's been hurting and hurting for a long time, and I think we see that. And finally, she was able to speak. We finally got her own words. And like I said, they weren't perfect, but I think that's what made them perfect. So... I know this was a long intro, and I really debated back and forth about this, about this next part. So I'm going to play something. It's going to be 20 minutes. I'll put his timestamp in there if you want to go to the next part. This fell off a truck. I don't know who this is. 
Could be Brittany, could be somebody else, who knows. But I want you to hear this person. I want you to hear what they're saying. Make your own decisions. And and just so you know, it is very passionate. It is very long. But I want you to listen to it. And I want you to think about your own opinion of this. But also try, I implore you, to think about what this person has gone through. And we're going to be talking about this for the next couple of weeks, I'm sure, on this show. So we don't need to, we don't need to figure it all out today. But I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about this the day after it happened. And, and I was talking to a Washington Post reporter today that you'll hear on Friday. And we talked right before this, this trial started. And we were talking about how important this is in terms of pop culture, you know, and now you've got the legal system involved. And by the way, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills tonight, we finally got Erica's quote unquote side of the story, you know, which by the way, we'll go into that in a a future episode where I'll break down the entire episode, but really quick snap judgment. Whereas I believe all of the words that we're about to hear, even the good, the bad, and the ugly, I don't believe Erica's words. I thought it was bad acting. It was obvious acting, I thought. And I know a lot of you guys, I saw some of you guys, you know, you're like, I, I, but there were just little things. And I'll tell you just one small thing is being in Los Angelino was that Erica said, you know what? I drove that man to his work. I told him I had loved him. And then I went home and packed up. Let me just tell you why that's ridiculous. Erica and Tom Girardi live in Pasadena. Let me set up the geography of Los Angeles for you. Now, Pasadena, past Burbank, past Glendale. So you got Pasadena, Glendale, Burbank. Then you start moving into the valley. Then you have to go over the hill. You got Los Angeles, West Hollywood, Mid-Wilshire, and Mid-Wilshire is where Tom Girardi's offices, the offices of Girardi Keys are. So, that drive without traffic, 40 minutes. That drive with traffic, you know, hour 20. Now we're in a pandemic, so let's say, let's say an even 45, right? So are you meaning to tell me that Erica Jane drives Tom Girardi to work every day, Right? Well, that doesn't make sense for a lot of reasons. First off, when I worked at an acting studio, Erica was one of our clients. Every time I saw Erica, she was chauffeured. In fact, so chauffeured that when she would be in there for an acting class, her chauffeur would leave the car running the entire time for an hour. But Erica Jane says, I'm going to drive my husband to his law office, 45 minutes, drive back 45 minutes, and then start loading up furniture without Tom knowing. That's ridiculous, folks. I hope I don't need to point out to you all the reasons that's ridiculous, but just traffic alone, just the time alone that that takes is just ridiculous. That story is a lie. 
period. But thanks for playing, Erica. And we'll get way more into that. But right now, I want to play you somebody that had a big day, somebody that we're all big fans of and support of. So I want to play this. There will be timestamps. I'm not telling you exactly what this is because I don't know what this is, right? Wink. Well, I will play it right now. Here is uh, this. I will be honest with you. I haven't been back to court in a long time because I don't think I was heard on any level when I came to court the last time. I brought four sheets of paper in my hands and wrote in length what I had been through the last four months before I came there. The people who did that to me should not be able to walk away so easily. I'll recap. I was on tour in 2018. I was forced to do. My management said, if I don't do this tour, I will have to oh, find an attorney. Ms. Spears, Ms. Spears, um, I, just, I hate to interrupt you, but my court reporter is taking down what you're saying. Okay. And so you have to speak a little more slowly. Oh, oh of course, yes. Okay, and, I apologize. And Great. Okay. Um, the people who did this to me should not get away and be able to walk away so easily. Recap. I was on tour in 2018. I was forced to do. My management said if I don't do this tour, I will have to find an attorney and by contract, my own management could sue me if I didn't follow through with the tour. He handed me a sheet of paper as I got off the stage in Vegas and said I had to sign it. It was very threatening and scary and with the conservatorship, I couldn't even get my own attorney. So out of fear, I went ahead and I did the tour. When I came off that tour, a new show in Las Vegas was supposed to take place. I started rehearsing early, but it was hard because I'd been doing Vegas for four years and I needed a break in between. But no, I was told this is the timeline and this is how it's going to go. I rehearsed four to four days a week, um, half of the time in the studio and a half of the other time in a Westlake studio. I was basically directing most of the show with my whereabouts where I preferred to rehearse and actually did most of the choreography, meaning I taught my dancers my new choreography myself. I take everything I do very seriously. There's tons of video with me at rehearsals. I wasn't good. I was great. I led a room of 16 new dancers in rehearsals. It's funny to hear my manager's side of the story. They all said I wasn't participating in rehearsals and I never agreed to take my medication, which my medication is only taken in the mornings, never at rehearsal. They don't even see me. So why are they even claiming that? When I said no to one dance move into rehearsals, um, it was as if I planted a huge bomb um, somewhere. And I, I said, no, I don't want to do it this way. After that, my management and my dancers and my assistant of the new people that were supposed to do the new show all went into a room, shut the door and didn't come out for at least 45 minutes. Ma'am, I'm not here to be anyone's slave. I can say no to a dance move. I was told by my at the time therapist, Dr. Benson, who died, that my manager called him in that moment and told him I wasn't cooperating or following the guidelines in rehearsals. And he also said I wasn't taking my medication, which is so dumb because I've had the same lady every morning for the past eight years give me my same medication and I'm nowhere near these stupid people. It made no sense at all. There was a week period where they they were nice to me and they said, I don't want to do. And I told them I don't want to do the um. They, wait, no. they, were, they were nice to me. They said, if I don't want to do the new Vegas show, I don't have to because I was getting really nervous. I said, I can wait. It was like they told me I could wait. It was like lifting literally 200 pounds off of me when they said I don't have to do in the show anymore because it was I was really, really hard on myself and it was too much. Um, I couldn't take it anymore. So I remember telling my assistant 
but you know what? I feel weird if I say no. I feel like they're going to come back and be mean to me or punish me or something. Three days later, after I said no to Vegas, my therapist sat me down in a room and said he had a million phone calls about how I was not cooperating in rehearsals and I haven't been taking my medication. All of this was a false. He uh, he immediately the next day put me on lithium out of nowhere. He took me off my normal meds I'd been on for five years. And lithium is a very, very strong um, and completely different medication compared to what I was used to. You can go mentally impaired if you take too much, if you stay on it longer than five months. But he put me on that and I felt drunk. I really couldn't even take up for myself. I couldn't even have a conversation with my mom or dad really about anything. I told them I was scared and I, my doctor had me on six different nurses with this new medication come to my home, stay with me to monitor me on this new medication, which I never wanted to be on to begin with. There were six different nurse, nurses in my homes and they wouldn't let me get in my car to go anywhere. For, for a month. Not only did my family not do a goddamn thing, my dad was all for it. Anything that happened to me had to be approved by my dad. And my dad only, he acted like he didn't know. That I was told I had to be tested over the Christmas holidays before they sent me away when my kids went to, home to Louisiana. He was the one who approved all of it. My whole family did nothing. Over the two week holiday, a lady came into my home for four hours a day, sat me down and did a psych test on me. It took forever. But I was I was told I had to then after that I got off. Oh, um, wait, I was told I had to then after I got a, a phone call from my dad saying after I did the psych test with this lady, basically saying I had failed the test or whatever, uh, whatever. Um, I'm sorry, Brittany, you have to listen to your doctors. They are planning to send you to a small home in Beverly Hills to do a small rehab program that we're going to make up for you. You're going to pay sixty thousand dollars a month for this. I cried on the phone for an hour and he loved every minute of it. The control he had over someone as powerful as me, as he loved the control to hurt his own daughter, 100,000%, he loved it. I packed my bags and went to that place. I worked seven days a week, no days off, which in California, the only similar thing to this is called sex trafficking, making anyone work, work against their will, taking all their possessions away, credit card, cash, phone, passport card, and placing them in a home where they... They work with the people who live with them. They all, they all lived in the house with me, the nurses, the 24-7 security. Um, there, there was one chef that came there and cooked for me um, daily on the, during the weekdays. They watched me change every day naked, morning, noon, and night. Um, my body, I had no privacy door for my, um, for my room. I gave eight gals of blood a week. If I didn't do any of my meetings and work from ten, um, eight to six at night, which is 10 hours a day, seven days a week, no days off, I wouldn't be able to see my kids or my boyfriend. I never had a say in my schedule. They always told me I had to do this. And ma'am, I will tell you, sitting in a chair 10 hours a day, seven days a week, it ain't fun. And especially when you can't walk out the front door. And that's why I'm telling you this again two years later. After I've lied and told the whole world I'm okay and I'm happy, it's a lie. I thought I just maybe I said that enough. Maybe I might become happy because I've been in denial. I've been in shock. I am traumatized. You know, fake it till you make it. But now I'm telling you the truth, okay? I'm not happy. I can't sleep. I'm so angry, it's insane. And I'm depressed. I cry every day. And the reason I'm telling you this is because I don't think how the state of California can have all this written in the court documents from the time I showed up and do absolutely nothing. Just hire with my money another person to keep and keep my dad on board. Ma'am, my dad and anyone involved in this conservatorship and my management who played a huge role in punishing at me when I said, no, ma'am, they should be in jail. 
Their cool tactics working for Miley Cyrus as she smokes on joints and stage at the VMAs. Nothing is ever done to this generation for doing wrong things. But my precious body, who's worked for my dad for the past fucking 13 years, trying to be so good and pretty, so perfect when he works me so hard. When I do everything I'm told in the state of California, allowed my father, ignorant father to take his own daughter, who only has a role with me if I work with him. They set back the whole course and allowed him to do that to me. That's given these people I've worked for way too much control. They also threatened me and said, if I don't go, then I have to go to court. And it will be more embarrassing me if the judge publicly makes go the, the evidence we have. You have to go. I was advised for my image. I need to go ahead and just go and get it over with. They said that to me. I don't I don't even drink alcohol. I, sh I should drink alcohol considering what they put my heart through. Also, the Bridges facility they sent me to, none of the kids, the, 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 I, went, I was doing this program for four months. So the last um, two months, I went to a Bridges facility. None of the kids there did the, did the program. They never showed up for any of them. Um, you didn't have to do anything if you didn't want to. How come they always made me go? How come I was always threatened by my dad and anybody that participated in this conservatorship? If I don't do this, what they tell me to enslave me to do, they're going to punish me. The last time I spoke to you by just keeping the conservatorship going and also keeping my dad in the loop made me feel like I was dead. Like I didn't matter. Like nothing had been done to, to me. Like you thought I was lying or something. I'm telling you again because I'm not lying. I want to feel heard. And I'm telling you this again so maybe you can understand the depth and the degree and the damage that they did to me back then. I want changes and I want changes going forward. I deserve changes. I was told I have to sit down and be evaluated again if I want to end the conservatorship. Ma'am, I didn't know I could petition the conservatorship to end it. I'm sorry for my ignorance, but I honestly didn't know that. But honestly, but I don't think I owe anyone to be evaluated. I've done more than enough. I don't feel like I should even be in room with anyone to offend me by trying to question my capacity of intelligence, whether I need to be in this stupid conservatorship or not. I've done more than enough. I don't owe these people anything, especially me, the one that has roofed and fed tons of people on tour on the road. It's embarrassing and demoralizing what I've been through. And that's the main reason I've never said it openly. And mainly I didn't want to say it openly because I honestly don't think anyone would believe me. To be honest with you, the Paris Hilton story on what they did to her to that, that school, I didn't believe any of it. Of it. I'm sorry. I'm an outsider and I'll just be honest. I didn't believe it. And maybe I'm wrong. And that's why I didn't want to say any of this to anybody, to the public, because <clears throat> I thought people would make fun of me or laugh at me and say, she's lying. She's got everything. She's Britney Spears. I'm not lying. I just want my life back. And it's been 13 years and it's enough. It's been a long time since I've owned my money. And it's my wish and my dream for all of this to end without being tested. Again, it makes no sense whatsoever for the state of California to sit back and literally watch me with their own two eyes make a living for so many people and pay so many people trucks and buses on tour on the road with me and be told I'm not good enough, but I'm great at what I do. And I allow these people to control what I do, ma'am, and it's enough. It makes no sense at all. Now, going forward, I'm not willing to meet or see anyone I've met with enough people against my will. I'm done. All I want is to own my money for this to end and my boyfriend um, to drive me in his fucking car. And I would honestly like to sue my family, to be totally honest with you. Um, I also would like to be able to short share my story with the world 
and um, what they did to me instead of it being a hush-hush secret to benefit all of them. I want to be able to be heard on what they did to me by making me keep this in for so long is not good for my heart. I've been so angry and I cry every day. It concerns me. I'm told I'm not allowed to expose the people who did this to me. For my sanity, I need you to the judge to approve me, do, it, be, do an interview where I can be heard on what they did to me. And actually, I have the right to use my voice and take up for myself. My attorney says I can't, um, it's not good. I can't let the public know anything they did to me. And by not saying anything is saying it's okay. I, I don't know what I said here. It's not okay. I would rush. Actually, I don't want to interview. I'd much rather just have an open call to you for the press to hear, which I didn't know today we're doing. So thank you. Instead of having an interview, honestly, I need that to get it off my heart, the anger and all of it that that um, that's that's been happening. It's not fair they're telling me lies about me openly. Even my family, they do interviews to anyone they want on news stations, my own family doing interviews and talking about the situation and making me feel so stupid. And I can't say one thing. And my own people say I can't say anything. It's been two years. I want a recorded call to you. Actually, we're doing this now, which I didn't know that we were doing this. Um, to the public, I say knows what they did to me. I told my, um, I know my lawyer, Sam, has been very scared for me to go forward because he's saying if I speak up, I'm being over overworked in that facility of that rehab place. The, the rehab place will sue me. He told me I should keep it to myself, really. I would personally like to, actually, I know I've, I've had grown with a personal relationship with Sam, my lawyer. I've been talking to him like three times um, a week now. We've kind of built a relationship, but I haven't really had the opportunity by my own self to actually handpick my own lawyer by myself. Um, and I would like to be able to do that. Um, I would like to um, also... Um, the main reason why I'm here is because I want to end the conservatorship without having to be evaluated. I've done a lot of research, ma'am, and there's a lot of judges who do end conservatorships for people without them having to be evaluated all the time. The only times they don't is if a concerned family member says something's wrong with this person and consider um, and other otherwise. And considering my family has lived off my conservatorship for 13 years, I won't be surprised if one of them has has something to say and go forward and say, we don't think this should end. We have to help her, especially if I get my fair serve in turning exposing what they did to me. Also, I want to speak to you about at the moment, my obligations, which I personally don't think at the very moment I owe anybody anything. I have three meetings a week I have to attend no matter what. I just don't like feeling like I work for the people whom I pay. I don't like being told I have to no matter what, even if I'm sick. Jody, the conservator, says I, um, I have to see my coach Ken even when I'm sick. I would like to do one meeting a week with a therapist. I've never in before, even before they sent me to that place, had two therapy sessions. Um, a therapy one a therapy session and one therapy session with um my I have a doctor and then a therapy person. Um, what I've been forced to do illegal in my life, I shouldn't be told I have to be available three times a week to these people I don't know. I'm talking to you today because I feel again, yes, even Jody is starting to kind of take it too far with me. They have me going to therapy twice a week and a psychiatrist. I've never in the past had, wait, they have me going, yeah, twice a week and my Dr. Gold. So that's three times a week. I've never in the past had to see a therapist more than once a week. It takes too much out of me going to this man I don't know. Number one, I'm scared of people. I don't trust people with what I've been through. And the clever setup of being in Westlake, one of the most exposed places in Westlake, which today, yesterday, paparazzi showed me coming out of the place, literally crying um, in therapy. It's embarrassing and it's demoralizing. I deserve privacy when I go. 
I deserve privacy when I go and have therapy either at my home, like I've done for eight years. They've always come to my home. Or um, when the Dr. Benson, the guy, the man that died, um, I went to a place similar to what I went to in Westlake, which was very exposed and really bad. Um, okay, so wait, where was I? In Westlake, it's, I, it was identical to Dr. Benson, who died, the one who illegally, yes, 100% abused me by the treatment he gave me to. And to be totally honest with you, I was so... Excuse me for interrupting you, but my reporter says if you could just slow down a little bit because she's trying to make sure she gets everything that you're saying. Okay, cool. And so if you could, so okay. that would be great. Um. I have been through, and the clever setup in Westlake is identical to Dr. Benson, who died, the one who illegally, yes, 100% abused me by the treatment he gave me. And to be totally honest with you, when he passed away, I got on my knees and thank God. In other words, my team is pushing, pushing it with me again. I have trapped phobias being in small rooms because the trauma locking me up in, for four months in that place is not okay for them to send me, sorry, I'm going fast, to that small room like that twice a week with another new therapist I pay that I never even approved. I don't like it. I don't want to do that. And I haven't done anything wrong to deserve this treatment. It's not okay to force me to do anything I don't want to do. By law, by law, Jody and this so-called team should honestly, I should be able to sue them for threatening me and saying, if I don't go and do these meetings twice a week, we, can, we can't let you have your money and go to Maui on your vacations. You have to do what you're told for this program and then you will be able to go. But it was very clever. They picked one of the most exposed places in Westlake, knowing I have the hot topic of the conservatorship that over five paparazzis are going to show up and get me crying coming out of that place. I begged them to make sure that they did this at my home so I would have privacy. I deserve privacy. The whole conservatorship from the beginning, once um, the conservatorship, oh, the conservatorship from the beginning, once you see someone, whoever it is in the conservatorship, making money, making them money and myself money and working, that whole that whole statement right there, the conservatorship should end. There should be no, I shouldn't be in a conservatorship if I can work and provide money and work for myself and pay other people. It makes no sense. The laws need to change. What state allows people to own another person's money and account and threaten them and saying, you can't spend your money unless you do what we want you to do and I'm paying them. Ma'am, I've worked since I was 17 years old. You have to understand how thin that is for me. Every morning I get up to know I can't go on somewhere unless I meet people I don't know every week in an office identical to the one where the therapist was very abusive to me. I truly believe this conservatorship is abusive. And now we can sit here all day and say, oh, conservatorships are here to help people. But ma'am, there's a thousand conservatorships that are abusive as well. I don't feel like I can have, live a full life. I don't owe... I don't owe them to go see a man I don't know and share him my problems. I don't even believe in therapy. I always think you take it to God. I want to end the conservatorship without being evaluated. In the meantime, I want this therapist um, once a week. He can either come to my home. Um, no, I just want him to come to my home. I'm not willing to go to Westlake and be embarrassed by all these paparazzi the scummy paparazzi laughing at my faces while I'm crying, coming out and taking my pictures as all these um, white, nice dinners where people drinking wine at restaurants, watching me leave these places. They set me up by sending me to the most exposed places. And I told them I didn't want to go there because I knew um, paparazzi would show up there. Um, uh, they only gave me two options for therapists. And I'm not sure how you make your decisions, ma'am, but this is the only chance for me to talk to you for a while. I need your your help. So 
if you can just kind of let me know where your head is, I, I don't really honestly know what to say, but my requests are just to end the conservatorship without being evaluated. I, I want a petition basically to end the conservatorship, but I want to, I want it to be petitioned to end it, but I don't want to be evaluated and be sat in a room with people four hours a day, like they did me before. And they made it even worse for me after that happened. So I just, I, I, I'm honestly new at this and I'm doing research on all these things. I do know common sense and the method that things can end it for people. It has ended without them being evaluated. So I just want you to take that in considerate consideration. I've also done research. Um, um, wait, also took a year during COVID to get me any self-care methods during COVID. She said there were no services available. She's lying, ma'am. My mom went to the spa twice in Louisiana during COVID. For a year, I didn't have my nails done, no hairstyling and no massages, no acupuncture, nothing for a year. I saw the maids in my home each week with their nails done different each time. She made me feel like my dad does. Very similar, her behavior and my dad, but just a different dynamic. Team wants me to work and stay home instead of having longer vacations. They're, they you, they are used to me sort of doing a weekly routine for them and I'm over it. I don't feel like I owe them anything at this point. They need to be reminded they actually work for me. They trick me by sending me to the, okay, I repeated myself there. Um, okay. Uh, um, also, I was supposed to be able to, um, I have a friend that I used to do AA, meetings with I did AA for two years I have like you know um I did three meetings a week you know I met a bunch of um, women there and I'm not able to see my friends that live eight minutes away from me which I find extremely strange um I, I feel like they're making me feel like I live in a rehab program this is my home um I'd like for my boyfriend to be able to drive me in his car um and I want to meet with a therapist once a week not twice a week and I want him to come to my home because I actually know I do need a little therapy. Um, I was told, um, um, hold on. I think that's, oh, and I would like to progressively move forward and I want to have the real deal. I want to be able to get married and have a baby. I was told right now in the conservatorship, I'm not able to get married or have a baby. I have a um, ID inside of myself right now. So I don't get pregnant. I wanted to take the ID out so I could start trying to have another baby, but this so-called team won't let me go to the doctor to take it out because they, they don't want me to have children, any more children. Um, so basically this conservatorship is doing me way more harm than good. Um, I want, I deserve to have a life. I've worked my whole life. I deserve to have a two to three year break and just, you know, do what I want to do. Um, but I do feel like, um, there is a crunch here and I feel like, um, I feel open and I'm okay to talk to you today about it, but I, I wish I could stay with you on the phone forever because when I get off the phone with you, all of a sudden, all of I hear, I hear all these no's. No, no, no. And then all of a sudden I get, I feel ganged up on and I feel bullied and I feel left out and alone. And I'm tired of feeling alone. I deserve to have the same rights as anybody does by having a child, a family, any of those things and more so. Um, and that's all I wanted to say to you. And thank you so much for letting I deserve to have a life. I deserve to have a life.
How simple is that? Man, that is so fucking sad. That is so sad. And I don't care. You might say, oh, well, she doesn't seem well in some of that. God, you're damn right she doesn't seem well. Think about what she has been through. What she did today was so brave. And I I don't know what happens after this. I'm so desperate to find out. And we're going to keep you posted. And I can't wait to hear all of your opinions. I'm reading them. Like it is so... You guys are so smart. You guys have taught me so much. And by the way, Justin Timberlake, you guys. <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Old Timberballs. He uh, posted, I posted this on my Instagram, and uh, this is great. He posted, after what we saw today, we should all be supporting Britney at this time. Regardless of our past, good and bad, and no matter how long ago it was, what's happening to her is just not right. No woman should ever be restricted from making decisions about her own body. No one should ever be held against their will, dot, 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 or ever have to ask permission to access everything they've worked so hard for. Now, oh, and then he also left, uh, Jess and I send our love and our absolute support to Brittany during this time. We hope the courts and her family make this right and let her live however she wants to live. And I put that up without comment on my Instagram. And people literally were like, the biggest middle finger to Justin. And a lot of people were like, you're part of the problem, dude. You're exactly why she's there. And they were not happy with the verbiage of good and bad saying like, oh, well, she's done bad things, but we had good times as well. Um, so it's just kind of like with Justin, the Chrissy Teigen thing that we talked about a couple times in this last week is that we got to start with basics with everybody, right? Like he, thank you, Justin, for agreeing that Brittany needs to be free. And that's all we should say. You know, it's like, thank you, but we don't need you on this journey, but thank you. So that's, we, we take the positive and then we just brush it aside. You know, we don't need to stop and like talk about, you know, Justin obviously is going to always be in the pit of his own excrement, you know? I'm glad that he's on our side and we move forward. You know, I'm glad you're on the right side. Could you imagine if Justin said, I think she does not deserve her freedom. Then we'd have some real issues, right? But Justin's going to do what Justin's got to do. Let's not it. Let's not have it confuse us and what is the mission at hand. And that is really to free Brittany. And I think God we're, we're there. We're, we're getting there. And it's one of those things like Benefer, and I know this is silly, but these are these things that we kind of need after this year. These kind of small glimmers of hope that maybe we can we can make our own lives right, right? That nothing's ever a lost cause. That nothing's ever over. That everything will be okay in the end if we work hard and fight for something, right? I look at all of this and it gives me such great hope. And yeah, it fills me with sadness, of course. But but it also fills me with hope. But also, didn't you love when she dropped Miley Cyrus? But also, what a great point. Miley Cyrus is out there smoking weed on the VMAs and I can't fucking go down and get some yogurt. 
Like, isn't that amazing? Like, what a... I mean, you gotta... Th- it's interesting. I love how she recognizes that of like, I'm not even con- like Miley Cyrus gets to be out there living her life and I can't do shit, but it is just overall sad. What you heard there with somebody that has very much been locked in a box, very much does not have control of anything. And, um, I'm very interested to see where this case goes. I'm very interested. And I think this was such a huge step and such a brave step. So, all like a standing o, a standing ovation, and I think this this means a lot to all of us. So we're gonna keep reporting on this. We're gonna keep talking about this. I would love to hear your thoughts as well. Can somebody find out how I could get like a free voicemail set up where I could get you guys to call in and I could play those voicemails? I don't know how to do that. Can, can there's got to be a way? Or how much is it? Is it like five? If there's like a five or ten dollar a month voicemail I can set up, I would love to play some of your thoughts because you guys are so fucking smart. I read some of your DMs to me and some of your emails and things, or like the things you point out to me that I don't even think about. You guys are so smart. I'm lucky you guys don't all have podcasts. You would trounce me. Okay, that's the Britney segment. We're going to talk a lot more in the upcoming weeks about this. I just wanted to give you the straight the straight facts from the horse's mouth and then we're going to talk more about it every day here and there. <laughs> but let's laugh. Do you, is it okay if we laugh now? I swear to god, we can take a pause, we can go get some water, get something and now we're going to laugh because we're Guys, don't folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts, I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer, and I gotta tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. 
It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Don't worry, you did not start the show over again. This is just to delineate that I am talking about our sponsor today, BetterHelp. I've been talking about them the past couple of weeks, and I could not recommend them more. This is a service that is going to pair you up with a professional licensed therapist. All you have to do is reach out and they will get back to you within 48 hours. Now, this is a service that I actually use that does help me and I could not recommend it more, especially in this day and age. Who at this point wants to drive anywhere unless it's to see your friends and have a great time? This is a great way to do this in the comfort of your own home. And what's so cool is right now, if you visit betterhelp.com forward slash so bad, uh, they will give us so bad it's good listeners 10% off your first month. And I think that's just amazing. It's a good way to try something out that I think is going to really help fulfill you and get you to lead a better life. And, you know, we get a little discount. So that's amazing. So once again, go to betterhelp.com forward slash so bad. We're going to talk about Bravo. We're going to talk about all the shows that we love. We're going to hear a gentleman with a beautiful British accent. Um, and just somebody that is just was always been has always been a hero of mine in terms of his memes. And uh, it, this is the first time I ever talked to him. And you can tell I'm nervous. Also, I was late. I thought we were doing this at uh, four hours later than we actually did it. So I was <laughs> so I checked my email and he was like, are we still doing this? And I was like, no shit. And I I, I thought it was the wrong time, and I hopped on, and I was so embarrassed. It was so unprofessional. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was honest with him, and it was very embarrassing. But I think we still had a great interview, and I think you're going to get a lot of laughs, and you're going to walk away. If you don't know this guy, you're going to love this guy so hard. I swear to God, you're going to love this guy so hard. Go follow him, all of that jazz. You probably already follow him, so that is not needed to say. And I will talk to you guys on Friday, and uh, Bill and Becky Bailey will finally be on on Friday you guys, oh, we made it almost to the end of the week. I need I need it to be the end of the week now. Um, I love you guys. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you on Friday. Bye. Our next guest uh, is a gentleman that has inspired me so much with his comedy, uh, with his meme making. No joke. When when I first started, it was him and Danny Pellegrino that I really looked up to. So to be able to talk to him today, he is just so on point with his humor, and it's based around the housewives. But to me, it has so many deeper meanings because he's ma- able to make jokes about the entire world and what we go through through the lens of the housewives. Uh, so you can find him on his Instagram at Joe gun G U N N TV. Um, and also he has a podcast that he, he does every now and then as he tells us, uh, and that is called, 
uh, bare minimum. So without further ado, welcome our guest, the genius, Joe Gunn. Ryan, it's a pleasure. Oh, that's the, there we go. That's my, that's my great start. There we go. Ryan, <laughs> I have, I have now hit puberty. Okay. Zoom has just told me the meeting's recording. Okay. Just, that's just a backup. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hello, Ryan. I have finally hit puberty live on the podcast. <laughs> um, podcast exclusive, folks. You know what? It's a pleasure to be here. And no, no worries at all. Like I just told you, I am not doing anything else because I don't work <laughs> these days. Uh, so it's all good. And thank you for your kind words. That's uh, very um flattering thank well, you well i mean how how long i mean when did you start your i guess instagram account because really i remember you and like danny pellegrino were the people oh. that like before i even knew what memes were and by the way i i know i say memes and people might be like snickering but it, it, these these things actually mean a lot to all of us so like i i remember you two guys when did you start it or what what it was even behind that uh, first of all, just having my name in the same sentence as Danny, Pell Danny Pellegrino is just, I mean, who even am I these days? Rarified air. He is just an OG, you know, housewives meme maker. And yeah, he was um, definitely an inspiration for me, for sure. Um, I started three years ago. Well, maybe even more than that, 2017. Uh, and yeah, it started just... Um, it was born out of my I've always been creative and and love to make people laugh so it's kind of like a merging of those two uh joys and um just I don't know I got an iPhone <laughs> and, <laughs> that's and how I, it I usually finally, starts yeah I had graduated from Blackberry to iPhone and I finally had access to Instagram and I don't know I just uh slowly started um creating memes and uh, <laughs> and using all these fab clips from housewives and and whatnot and uh yeah it, and then the ball started rolling and here i am <laughs> i love that you you say three years but for the internet that's like 80 years in dog years like oh one year goodness. on the internet will age you like like 15 to 20 years i think and the shit that i was posting <laughs> back in 2017 like that I, the I've definitely grown as <laughs> yes. I mean, do you ever think about that in terms of artists? I mean, I know that sounds silly, but artistry of like Picasso had his blue period. Like there's like cube, you know, like you can see people genuinely get better at memes. Like, do I dare even call it art? <laughs> I, know, I know that. I know I sound like an asshole, but I really do. There is an art to it for the people that do it really well. Like the way the the way you're able to succinctly say a message and use a housewife clip. Like there is an evolution to that, and I think you would be. I think anybody would be silly not to recognize that because you start like from the bottom, and I'll I just start with a lot of fart jokes, and then eventually you evolve, and then like for you, I feel like it's gotten so much deeper where you actually make broader points from the outside world. Right. Yeah. No, this is all, yeah, really good insight. And I, I don't know, it's just learning from your mistakes and uh, just uh, failing and seeing what works and then 
like there are ones that I posted, you know, a year, two years ago. I'm like, oh, I wish I'd have phrased it this way because it would have been more <laughs> um, snappy and probably would have resonated with more um, people or whatever. But I, there's no even not, not, no point in thinking about it. I always go back to Deandra. There was something Deandra said. She was launching something, a skincare cream or something. And Yeah, Deandra a, Simmons, right? Right. Deandra, well, yeah. The, the, Deandra. <laughs> the, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, I think she was launching her has uh snow algae um product sure. but the yeah. snow algae <laughs> hadn't been delivered or something <laughs> it was essentially um uh going back to um charade a fashion show with no fashions i think she literally launched the project product and it wasn't ready yet sure. and that's, that's a common theme in housewives kenya Moore with her hairspray that was just a bottle of water <laughs> um but yeah i, I think I, I don't know why she stuck out to me by saying um, her mum D Simmons said, even if something's not perfect, you just you present you present as if this was how it was supposed to be. So if I do put something out there and I put a typo in it, or or I didn't cut it the right way, or something glitches, I just it's out there now. It's like Instagram. I always kind of wish they had an edit feature where I can like wipe over the video where it's essentially the same but i've just made a few tweaks here and there um but i can't i've just got to fully deandra i know it's like you can't be like george lucas going back to change the star wars movies like you know you're changing memes from five years ago again and again I really, I, I had no idea that George Lucas does that. Does he make any massive plot changes or just- No, but well, all of a sudden these movies from the seventies have these CGI creatures into it. So it's like completely takes away like sometimes the magic of the original because all of a sudden you're seeing like Jar Jar Binks, like this whole digital creation that I think I, I kind of like when uh, warts and all are left in there. Like I like when people make these like mistakes cause you're like, oh, there's like a human behind that, you know but it's not as clean or efficient, um, you know. Hundred percent. That being said, if something does pop off on my um, uh, on this day um, uh, thing on my stories, and it's like a meme that hasn't aged well or was just <laughs> shit, it's like I do kind of silently go back and delete it because like See, I, I, I'm too lazy to delete. Like I still. I started this like two year and eight months ago or something. And I've got to go back. Cause when I go back, I'm like, Oh, that's, I mean, that's what I thought was funny that, uh, that back then that's so sad on my part. And then you like, um, but what do you, in terms of memes like this last and, and you're overseas, of course, where are you exactly? Bristol in England, in the UK. How do, how does housewives and general pop culture from America travel over there? Uh, so we've got Hey You, um, which is essentially, I guess it's like Hulu or Peacock, yeah. um, but it's, it's just all um, mainly NBC uni content. Um, I believe they've got some other stuff, like they had um, Bethany's HBO Max show on there. And, oh, I'm sorry about that. And yeah, <laughs> of course, I watched every frame. <laughs> oh, I did too, yeah. Bit show, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've got this this um, platform. So yeah, I always say to people, it's like Netflix for reality TV. We get everything um, the day after you guys get it uh, in the states. So, do you remember your first like what was the first uh, Bravo show you got a taste of, or like first reality show? And 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 especially coming from America, is there an added humor that you're watching Americans? Is there is there that level? Because I, I watch The Housewives and I think there's like this dark comedy level where sometimes people will watch it and they look at it as like, oh, my God, Jax has really changed again. I believe in like they'll watch it seriously. And I kind of watch it with a little bit of a sense of humor. How does it travel over there for you? Um, I've never really thought of it as like 
that's an American show. And I, yeah. I don't know whether it's just because we've always, just growing up, we've always had American content on our TVs. So it's kind of like there's no us and them about it. It's just um, this is a reality show. You know, I used to watch um, Big Brother UK and but at the same time, I'll, I'll, I'll then watch Real Housewives. Um, so, yeah, there's not really any othering in my mind as I'm watching it. It's just, <laughs> is, is this an, an entertaining uh, show? Is it worth me investing um in, in it and um evidently it is <laughs> I'm, I'm thoroughly invested i guess um the first one i always this is i'm gonna sound like a broken record to people who've listened to me on podcast but i always my journey did begin with a podcast funnily enough like listening to people recapping housewives um not only because at the time it wasn't readily available because hey you didn't exist back then so we could watch it but we had to like um do the work so we had to either get it on some dodgy streams or um, I don't know, I believe it was available on some kind of um, uh, cable channel that we could get. But I don't know. But I so you can tell your kids one day, back in my day, I had to walk three miles to watch my housewives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then, hey, you came along and um, the rest is history. And it's just so easy um, just to uh, hop on each morning and just see what delights have arrived from fresh from America. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, I love hearing that it, it there's not much of a different like that you just look at it as an entertaining show. Like for some reason that really comforts me. But in the last year, I, I always talk about the changes I feel Bravo has gone through in this last year because of the changes we're going through in America. Um, does that read over there for you? And what do you think of some of these changes? Like I feel like like Tiffany Moon from Dallas or uh, Ebony Williams, they're getting these kind of suicide missions in a way where they're going in and having to they're not allowed just to be housewives. They have to have this thing on their back of, of, of teaching these ladies about race and ethnicity and things like that. And sometimes we don't get to see the actual craziness that I know they have in them, you know? I know. I'm looking forward to um, Ebony just sort of snapping. We've seen in the trailer, she goes, I'm, I'm not Toni Morrison. Like, I'm not here to, to educate you. <laughs> yeah. It's not my job. And I, I can't wait for her to just say that because, um, yeah, that's what we're, we're all thinking. But, yeah, it is a funny trope, isn't it? This sort of um, post, um, uh, post white fragility. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I mean, no, it's, it's I, I kind of, I don't mind the uncomfortable conversations I actually learned from and I think it's like okay we all get on the same page with our housewives shows because I think that's I personally think that's one of the cool things about Bravo is that I actually we've been a part of an evolution of a TV network you know you see these people actually trying to do things and I think that's kind of weirdly inspiring and like these shows can be more and I it's not like I don't like they're still trashy they still have all of this humor in it but like yeah there's some uncomfortable conversations because that's what we've been doing the last year and or for for most of some people's lives out here, you know? A hundred percent. And um, yeah, there are differences between America and the UK, but it, it definitely was um, a wake up call for, for us in the UK as well. I mean, um, for example, um, COVID has affected um, non-white people um, more than negatively, more than, um, yeah. than white people. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and there is the, that we have stop and search with the police and it's ju just a fact that more non-white people get stopped and searched by the police 
than white people. So, you know, it, and those are just solid facts that I can present to you that say yeah. the UK is not innocent. And that's actually like a, a famous sort of tagline is the UK is not innocent um, because a lot of people um, who don't want to address it say, oh, well, that's that's America. You know, England, yeah. uh, UK is, is more um progress than that but actually no we're really not um so yeah we've, we've all we've all been doing the work um as they say and um but to but to you is bravo still as entertaining for you even when it's going through potential growing pains yeah yeah i'm i, I always embrace change in general and um yeah it's important um there is the issue of um, should bravo be uh it's no that's difficult it's um it's like oh let the racists be on the show we're not rather yeah. isn't supposed to have like perfect people on the show but at the same time yeah it should be it's, well is there's the way like where's the i don't know yeah no, no well, I mean, it's, on Bravo, it's good no, I mean, but I mean, like, I mean, we just had that shakeup with Real Housewives of Orange County with, you know, and now like, I, I don't know if you're following Kelly Dodd's social media presence since then. She's all of a sudden got a vaccine that she said she got like a month ago. She's like, I mean, she got like, it from so, Heather DeBro's son. <laughs> I, would, I mean, how deep is this going? I was like, wait a sec. So Heather DeBro's son is hanging out with Jolie, your daughter. I mean, I feel like there's like a second show that's better than OC right now, but like, I don't mind sometimes seeing Kelly hang herself. It's I guess what's scary is that when you see so many people agreeing with Kelly, that's what scares me sometimes when watching these shows because then you're like, oh, it's scary that you give these people platforms when I'm really scared when people are like, yeah, the vaccine is a microchip. Bill Gates is tracking you. Yeah, and you know, talking of QAnon, the recent addition to um, OC is was uh, was pictured there with Gretchen Rossi, you know, at the QAnon. Uh, wait, Elizabeth Vargas, or no, she just got fired. Um, the um, I, I just saw it on Twitter. Oh, the new know, cast she's, member. She's blonde and um, you know, just oh, plastic perfect. and typical sort of OC Barbie. Um, but yeah, um, fully. Uh, on trash so that would be great if like, the oh sees a training got, group be, there's got to be one <laughs> wealthy black woman in oc you can put on the show <laughs> no, please <laughs> I mean, OC is like a, a training ground for QAnon or something. It's like radicalizing ladies. Um, mm -hmm. uh, will you come down for BravoCon by any chance in October? If they fly me out, I keep, <laughs> I keep sort of hinting um, to Hey You that I could I could go out and and you could cover, cover it. Yeah, and cover BravoCon for Hey You and be their correspondent. And um, you know they know, but um, I guess it's about budget and and stuff and yeah and all that. But um, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I will be going there if I could um, get there for free. But I I I just not I'm not in a position to um, to to go out there at the moment but guys um, yeah, we need to start yeah. a campaign to get joe gone to BravoCon. we can do this together we need we need a foreign correspondent and it's the only way this works please there are much more meaningful causes to be campaigning about <laughs> do, not, do not associate yourself with this campaign um, well you're right we gotta we gotta take care of erica jane first then we can get to joe oh gone. my goodness don't i mean we hopefully BravoCon will be a will, will be a permanent fixture and there, there'll be other opportunities for me in the future but definitely i'd love to go are you kidding wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't a great panel be at BravoCon where they actually interrogate erica jane or jen shaw please. like just on stage there's like an like they, they hook her up to a lie detector test 
guests. Like, wouldn't that be just an amazing segment? I, I would love that. Um, what do you think of, of the Erica Jane news? And I guess the big question is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this season has the UK fallen in love with Kathy Hilton as much as we have. Uh, yeah, I mean, my UK um, connections are online, like as well, like because like not, not as many of my I call them real life friends <laughs> uh, watch it, but uh, but yeah, from the 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 temperature on UK Twitter is everyone is obs- as obsessed with Kathy Hilton as <laughs> as the the US Bravo. Fans okay, good, are. good, yeah, good. We good. love her. We can uh, yeah, just anything she does. She's like one of these people. I can add her to the list now. It's Karen Huger, Dorit, and yeah, <laughs> Kathy Hilton. I could just watch them just in a room, sitting on a chair. Just I know. And just be absolutely fascinated. Danielle Staub, just, I'm just fascinated <laughs> by these people and their mannerisms and just wanting to live in oh, their heads. What just, did you, what did you think of the housewife and the hustler when it opened with the click clacking of Danielle Staub's heels? And then you got, you saw her go into frame and you were just like, if you have an HD, HD TV, it is intense, but I thought it was one of the most amazing openings to an actual serious news. I, I people were like ripping on her that she was on there. I thought it was a inspired choice. So good, yeah. It, it, uh, you know, casting director, award winning um, <laughs> uh, pr- production choices for that. Yeah, to have Danielle on, um, I thought she was great. And yeah, no, that was uh, pe- people use the word a lot, but iconic. <laughs> that that um, <laughs> the opening shot of like her her lace stiletto. <laughs> And then then, like shots of her shoes. And then it was, I mean, it was, and then her, like in the typical Daniel fashion of like, you know, Erica Jane was the best casting since, well, me. me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So good. I just, I do enjoy uh, Daniel style, but um, yeah, not that I endorse her as, as, as a person or want to in any way be her friend, but um, yeah, I'm just fascinated by her. But um, yeah. What, what do I think about it all? I mean, bad people uh, my stance is that she did know because she's not a dummy you know yeah. um in the way that i could understand that Teresa maybe didn't have a, a full grasp on it um and she was literally just signing papers and um didn't really uh know what was going on i fully believe that erica knew where the money was coming from uh so yeah bad people deserve everything that's hopefully going to be coming to them yeah uh, i mean I mean, they funneled $20 million through EJ Global, which is Erica Jane's company, which, by the way, even if you have a company called EJ Global and you're a housewife, I'm already like, wait, that's weird. Like, that is EJ Global. Like, that, you know, (laughs) it seems just for your Erica Jane performances, you know? I mean, $20 million, Paul McCartney's not putting on those big of shows, you know, that $20 million is getting funneled to, like, do Erica Jane performances, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, my God, like is how, how do these people sleep? No wonder she couldn't sleep at night walking around the mansion in, in the middle of the night. Um, that was episode one, wasn't it? Yes, she was, yes, I was yes. like, Erica, I wonder why you can't fucking sleep. You're a terrible person. <laughs> She's in her prayer room in the, the wood paneled house. Um, it, it, it's really dark though. Uh, do you have any, I like, I think sometimes as we watch these shows, I start thinking like, you start thinking behind the scenes and that's why uh, moments like Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo and stuff like gave me goose pimples because I was like, holy shit, they're finally acknowledging what we all know to be true. And, and I think that's a, a, almost a wink to the audiences because we become rather sophisticated. 
but I almost felt in that first episode of Beverly Hills, the uh, the producers were trolling her almost with really highlighting how much wealth she was bragging about in terms of her overflow closet, her Erica Jane private collection jewelry and all of that. Oh, they know exactly what they're doing. And yeah, the editor is always the ex housewife cast me you know you have many housewives are. the editor is the, <laughs> the other housewife and there's definitely the editors have a character of their own and we all know it and um uh yeah so and they like made sure to keep in a bit where she said uh you know everyone's everyone's life is a lie or what it was something like that it was like nothing's real you know everything yeah 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 and it was like, oh, this is brilliant. Like, this is Shakespearean, you know. The, yes, that's exactly it. It's Shakespearean, yes. Yeah, it's the, the tragic floor and and it's all, um, uh, yeah, yet to unfold. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how many more to be continued they could uh, they could give us this season. But, um, well, isn't everything a to be continued on TV I, yeah. if you think about it? I mean, it just makes no well, yeah, sense. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, who is who's watching the to be continues at this point and going, ooh, that's exciting. Like, everything is that way. 100% but no I am I am again I I got chills with the Bravia Bravo I got chills with the uh with the Erica just looking straight dead into the camera with her shark eyes yes it's just yeah full body chills and but I love it I love anything to do with the wall fourth wall coming down it's just when a producer gets involved and or when they just straight up talk to the producer or they go they tell they say the producer's name like Oliver is Oliver here I want Oliver (laughs) I'm like yes I was like who's Oliver when they're on the Italy trip and they he kept coming in of like Denise you don't want to leave yet and I was like who's this guy I want to follow this guy around you know um Mm. what uh uh, but I, that's why I thought the, it was so iconic Erica's last moment in last week's episode of, you know, sauntering in the door and with one hand pushing the door closed and she's in the pink satin outfit and she's just staring ahead. And I was like, this is like better blocking than most movies, you know? No, it was good. It was good. I didn't appreciate there was something about her attitude. It's kind of like, oh, I just, I just think you're a bad person. Like, yes. you be like with your tail between your legs, you shouldn't be sauntering in, slamming the door with a kind of uh, uh, thing. But I suppose this is about the divorce, really. It's not even got to the um, to, to the, uh, the the financial crimes yet. Yeah, what's really been going down? But yeah, no, uh, fantastic. I'm really enjoying this season, actually. It really, and I think it has, and I, I I watched the first episode and I thought The Housewife and The Hustler, Bravo was probably pissed that it aired on Monday because I think the audience's anticipation level was so high that when they watched the episode, we were waiting for Erica immediately. I was like, oh my God, we're going to get this case solved tonight. And then she saunters in for the last 20 seconds and she had that brief moment in the beginning where she does look at the camera with shark eyes. But Ooh. we were like left with blue balls in a way. Sorry, sorry, everybody listening. Uh, but it, it, then I we rewatched the episode without that expectation, and I enjoyed it a lot more because you even had Harry's secret garden, Harry Hamlin's secret garden, which was Harry's iconic. Yeah, I mean Harry making Rinna do exercise like uh, hose exercises to stop her from drill, giving yeah. great blowjobs. You know, I mean, like mm-hmm. I wonder Harry will. I just Harry Hamlin is fascinating to me. Like, I love those periphery characters that you kind of like, what's that guy's story? We'll never know, you know? Right. I always just think as Rinna as the only one that actually lives in Beverly Hills. And I've just got to respect that. And (laughs) yeah, no, I liked what they're going. I liked that the, um, the garden was something that was born out of the the pandemic and wanting to be self-sufficient. And I don't know, it just gave me, 
because I, I don't know much about Harry Hamlin. Like I don't, I, didn't, I never watched Mad Men or anything yeah. like that. I just know her, her him as um, Lisa Rinna's husband. Uh, but yeah, it just, um, he, he seems like a, like a nice guy. But, but I, I just, I like the conversations during their pandemic was Harry was like, there's going to be Armageddon. We need to be self-sufficient. You know, like I like that it was like a mad max, max element to their, their household. And with Rinna running around screeching and Harry seems the polar opposite of that, where he's like, yes, yes, that's my compost, my compost. You know, I love those energies. Opposites attract. I, I like them together. <laughs> Is there- I don't hate Rinna. I, I mean, I feel like I'm one of the I love, I love to hate her. Do, right, you love to hate her. Okay. Yes. I, don't, I, I just think, I think she's given so much uh, over her time. Um, and you've got to respect the legacy. And I, I don't know, I, th- there are people that are like, oh, but she treats it like a job, like another acting job. But I'm like, but on some level that, you know, they all do. This is their bread and butter. And I think I, a comment that Sonia, I love comments by Bravo, um, that Sonia typed uh, was something like, um, oh, you've got to think, understand this is, this is people's livelihoods um, at stake when they're talking about getting rid of cast members. And I'm like, yeah, this is literally like if Sonia lost Roni, like, I, I don't know, she's just a house of cards as it is. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, <laughs> like you well, scared to even think what will happen. When they're, when they're more than five seasons in, you become emotionally attached to them where you do worry about their well-being. And especially Sonia, we've seen she's such a, a unique kind soul i think or there you know she surprises me still to this day and when her being the only one that understood exactly what ebony was saying in these episodes i thought was amazing but also there is i i feel like as she gets older i worry like it's so sad like as she gets older i worry about sonia and i like i worry about her like she's a family member like i worry about you know i it just it's just weird how we do personalize these shows to a degree you know a hundred percent. And because uh, Sonia's actually a human with a heart, you know, uh, like I believe all the horror stories about people who've had interactions with Ramona, but Sonia, <laughs> like, yeah, she uh, has this glaringly obvious drinking problem, but she's a, I, I sense that she's a good person. And I feel yeah. like she, she would be lovely to you if you uh, recognized her and stopped her for a chat. I feel like she is, um, one of the good ones. Um, but yeah, no, I've definitely got a soft spot for Ramona. And well, Dorinda, I want Dorinda back. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think this season would have been so, like, 20% better with her there just because there's so few cast members to begin with. So if you just added her in the mix, even if it was just a friend of or something, I think it just screams for that because when she's not drinking, she is one of the voices of reason. So Ooh. when you had like, you know, it balances out Luann and Ramona more, if you can have somebody like Dorinda and then Dorinda will have her crazy moments, but that usually, I hate to say it sometimes adds to the fun. Last season got a little too intense in that terms, but I don't know. The Dorinda thing worries me just because it seems like she's not um everybody has said the same thing about her in terms of the drinking and all that and there is a it seems like she just doesn't want to accept that she'll negate that at every corner and she will be like no no it was fine i don't have an issue like and and i'm that's her business but it is weird when i feel like a fan base says like we all love you so much and want you back but that was really intense last season Mm, yeah, I feel like they almost basically said this at the last reunion. I, Dorinda shouldn't have been on last season. That should that should have been what's happening now. Her time out, um, and 
yeah the, and then she should be back this season but it's it's not an ideal world and uh, this is her, her <laughs> this is her time out in um in a bravo purgatory um and uh, hoping she'll be back next season even if it's yeah like you said a friend of role would be yeah good. well i just there everybody has to hold like pull you saw that uh the the uh pageant last week on real houses in new york you guys and it was like I mean, these girls are working hard. Like they're they're It's like bad improv improvisation where they're really having to sing for their supper kind of, and they're all doing it. But it, it's like, I think some of the audience is like, oh, you, I would have just liked to hear you talk. Like you said earlier, you could just listen to these ladies, just talk about the weather. And for New York, I'm telling you, Ramona, when Ramona and Luann had that tiny conversation about sending a text uh, voice to text message to Leah about her grandma, it was a really small moment. But for me, it was filled with like kind of pathos and humor. And I could just listen to them talk about the weather on New York, you know? 100%. And God bless those editors because they kept that in. They saw that. They saw that and they knew that it was worth something. Whereas, you know, other people probably would have discarded that. But yeah, that's why I just, I love the editors so much. I kind of want to be an editor. <laughs> well, I mean, I love what you said about them kind of being the sixth housewife in a way, you know, that they are the, you know, the, the ex-housewife. They're constantly there shading, putting things together. It really is the unsung hero to like put these things together. Um, and and as Bravo has a history, especially on this last season of Vanderpump Rules, they were doing this so much where they would just troll. Like Sheena would be like, I've never loved a man like this. And then they would show like eight dudes that Sheena has done that to. And they were doing that every, because they had like eight seasons yeah. to pull from at that point. And it got Vanderpump, a little much. I don't know. That that got a bit cringe for me, and I feel like that was kind of a we've got nothing, so we shouldn't we should be we should um, really lean into editing and making it a like I think they had like a game show segment and yeah. uh, uh, there was something else and like a Mission Impossible effects and yeah like, they were they were doing like here, so let's yeah they were doing like, like the do the directions to Sheena's uh, uh, house yes. in in. Uh, the beach area Marina Del Rey right and uh, yeah that's so uh, that's just kind of like. But it doesn't need that. You know, these people are kind of like fascinating enough. I feel like that's how Bravo started with as a group of friends. And when they start doing, I mean, it's kind of turning into stunt cat, not stunt casting, but casting outside of friend groups. So the shows become a little bit different then because you're just, it's like almost like Survivor. Yeah. And they gave us these little clips of the upcoming season as if it's going to like wet our appetite that they're sitting around talking about. Um, it was God awful. It was God. Oh, they had two clips that did like Lala was sitting there talking about breastfeeding with Randall. Like you don't want to see. Ra I mean, it just, they, no. uh, this is not my, and I think I commented, not my pump rules. This is not what I know. <laughs> I, want, I want not Stassi or Kristen because they did something terrible, but I want the punching you in the face because I've just found out that you slept with my boyfriend, even though I, you denied it all season. I want that. I crave it. <laughs> That's Stassi slap. You guys, if, if you, there's just an iconic Stassi slap to Kristen. And it reminded me, I was like, man, that's how much Bravo has changed. I was thinking about Monique and Candace's table fight at the winery with the hair pull and Monique's not on Potomac anymore. And I would have loved to have seen the, the rekindling of that relationship if it could be. But I was just like, man, we, people forget there was like a full on like female hit to the face in Vanderpump Rules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Uh, but yeah, I, I miss those glory days. Not even, not that I'm condoning violence or anything. No, but no. I just, I just want the the um, trashy back alley when they had like no money. And um, but it's like, how do you go around rekindling that? Like you've got to just completely start from scratch. Like pick another club in West Hollywood and just. But but the key is to make sure you're it's an existing because that's why Vanderpump Rules worked, wasn't it? Because every we will say this the they had existing relationships, yeah. And that was what was so interesting. It was natural it. relationships, mm-hmm. like and they, so we had all of this stuff to discover about their relationships, like the Kristen Doty blowing jacks during the movie Drive when Drive, Sandoval was in yeah. the other room. I mean, like that yeah. probably did more for the Drive box office than anything else. Like I also I just I. I always dream, I always talk about in the podcast that I want to make one act plays about these moments that we've never seen in pop culture history. But wouldn't you love to see the conversation leading up to Christian and Jax hooking up during Drive? Because you know it involves Jax not understanding the movie Drive. So he like starts like touching Kristen's toes with his toe. You know, like just that natural elevated. Toes. The dog. <laughs> Some toe play in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it definitely involved cocaine. and. <laughs> <laughs> or, or pasta as they call it um but yeah and, and same with shars that's an existing group of friends i'm just i'm obsessed with shars at the moment i'm just I'm, what do you think of this season with uh the rekindling of reza and, and i mean are you because a lot of people got turned off after reza was saying that those horrific things about the the baby the abortion and stuff like that last season are are you good with it this season so this is me exposing myself as a local and fake Bravo fan because I've I've only recently just jumped on um, Shars, so I've I've just been plowing through it. I'm just finishing season. Oh, I'm three sorry years. to. Sorry, oh sorry. no 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 nothing is fine. <laughs> um, but um, uh, yeah, I I'm just loving it, and it's the like case in point of focusing on an existing group of relationships where they've known each other for 20 plus years is they try to add this girl Lily into the mix you've seen Shaz Lily comes in but it just didn't work because she wasn't an organic fit they just picked her because she was fab and glam and Persian obviously but um (laughs) and she only lasted one season um that's why I've I find it fascinating that like the 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 recipe is right there it's like have natural relationships yet they must, it just must be, I don't know if like a laziness factor is involved or something, but it's like, it must just be hard to find natural friend groups that have that much. Cause you have to gamble that you will get something out of a natural group of friends. But like, I don't know. It's just weird. Like you, even I, you know, you see on Vanderpump rules, everybody's filming now and you see all of these, they're all doing costume parties. I see like Brock, Sheena's boyfriend. They had a Mad Max theme party. We saw Rachella where Raquel gets engaged to DJ James Kennedy. So they're doing all of these big set pieces. Pieces. And sometimes I feel like I, I'm, ex- I'll, I'll watch it regardless. I just sometimes oh, get worried. One, don't get it twisted. 100%. I yeah, I'm not like, everybody says I refuse to watch that show. I'm like, I'm in this until I die or they die, you know? Listen, I'm so much garbage. I watched every second of the last season of OC, which oh, I don't me even- too. Yeah, I don't even classify it as, an, as a season of OC to me. I actually kind of hope they just jump into the next season call it, and call it season 15 or whatever the last season yeah, was. Yeah, like, you know, on hotels where they don't have the 13th floor, they skip past it. Like, right, exactly. I heard yeah. that. That's just superstition, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, um, yeah, I kind of look at the last season of OC as like a, you know, the iPhones. They don't go immediately to the next mo- model. It's like <laughs> 10S. LS, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it's like an S, little blip. 
Um, what did you see Elizabeth Vargas put on her bio now that she's a season uh, 13 OC COVID season survivor? Like COVID, I love that she, she branded it the COVID season, which I thought I was like, we need t-shirts of the OC COVID season. It's so potentially ridiculous, but it did feel like kind of a weird fever dream acid trip. If you go back and watch OC, because it's like a pandemic is happening and you have all of these ladies that have no real natural relationships or like of each other and they're forced to be around each other. So it works in this bizarro world, you know, but the audience has to really try to make it work. Yeah. I mean, at least Liz Vargas is in on the joke. It's the COVID season and, uh, you know, um, hats off to her. But uh, yeah, I can't, I can't ever truly be a, a fan of this. I did like her to begin with. She's a fellow theatre kid and I just kind of, I liked her energy, but then she's this massive trumper and I just can't. Well, yeah, she was on the boat with Kelly dancing to a Trump flag. Um, Absolutely. Wait, so are you, are you a theatre kid? I grew up doing theatre and was all like musicals and plays. Are you a theatre kid as well? Yeah, I've I was a child actor, so I've uh, yeah I've I've been doing it. So uh, yeah, I, um, I I so I know I'm not getting not like a huge musical theatre buff. Like, um, yeah, but no, I, I I do consider myself stagey. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean <laughs> I just uh, I like there's like two types of people, like three types of people in high school: people like theatre kids, uh, sports geeks, and then just kind of like people trying to get through without anybody noticing them at all. But I love musicals so much, but I, I had to quit because I would only have like, I could only do a character voice, you know, it'd be like, when da, 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 you know, like I couldn't, it would be a good character voice, but I could never, there were kids that could sing so beautifully where you would like cry within a second of their voice. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know. Anyways. But, I uh, mean, every production needs character actors. So yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you've got. It's a waiting for Guffman on. kind of uh, uh, thing. Um, did you, what was your opinion of, and this kind of speaks to the larger issue of once housewives get off the show, we're already seeing with Bronwyn Wyndham Burke, where there is a, you know, she was accused a lot of calling paparazzi and all of this stuff, but there is this, and I, I'm using her as an example, but I see this with a lot of ex-housewives of the unwillingness to let fame die or to let this small piece of fame die, because I don't know if they're really known to the greater uh, good of the world. You know, you said like even a lot of your friends wouldn't know what you're talking about, but like we see this kind of desperation to stay like Bronwyn's made three press announcements in this last week since she got let go and just announced she has a new girlfriend yesterday. And um, I, I, what do you think of these? Cause it's not just Bronwyn. I see it a lot with a lot, but it, it makes me sometimes really sad. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I, I don't think I really let it make me sad or take any, <laughs> any take any. Oh, you're any well adjusted. Sorry, sorry. I, I just I see it for what it is. I mean, yeah, how convenient she's got a new girlfriend, and um, how convenient. Like, I I haven't seen these press photos, but how convenient she's being pictured. Um, you know, doing her supermarket shopping or, or whatever she's getting, <laughs> selling. I don't, I don't know who's even, but which publications are buying these photos? I know. Is, I mean, like, and are, is it, are, is she giving them away for free at this point? Cause I just Ooh. don't know that the demand is there, you know? Sidebar, those Erica photos. I was listening to you actually, and you, you pretty much agree. Those Erica photos were her, she put those out there of the pumping, to, pumping gas as a Well, don't you, I mean, don't you think like these, it's like JLo and Ben Affleck with that kiss. 
if you yeah. don't want to see the kiss, they know they're celebrities long enough where they know to stay indoors. They mm-hmm. s- sat outside where there's a direct shot of them. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's a real relationship to a degree, but I do also think that they want it to be seen. And same thing with Erica is Erica will use the press to her advantage. If she wants sympathy, well, she knows and I feel like the meme makers, we like everybody picked up on it immediately and made fun of the wrong thing. I thought everybody was like, oh, look how shitty she looks. I'm like, that's how she wants us to think she looks, you know, like that's, that's, how, that's... the point, Yolanda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Who are the clowns? Us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of. Um, I feel like we fell into that trap, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. No, may, no mistake. Erica is not dumb. And that's therein my point lies that case closed. She knew everything about it and what was going on. But anyway, yeah. So Bronwyn and and ex, ex reality show cast members. I mean, it is sad because. Um, so I know I could see why it would make you sad, right? But <laughs> because they this is their job and they've had the spotlight for however many seasons and then it's gone. Um, and yeah, I'm sure she will spiral out and, and there'll be more unhinged publicity stunts. And I think Bronwyn in particular, she craves fame and attention. Yeah. And, and will do almost anything to get it. So now I'm... Let's see. I mean, it's, this is the challenge. Can she stay in the spotlight? What will she do? I'm almost vaguely interested. To see mu- <laughs> well, I mean, don't you think there's a show right there of a documentary of the year after you're released from a housewife show? Like, I would have loved to have seen Tamara really? Barney's yeah, Tamara Barney's CBD journey, you know, like the products they're offered. Like all of a sudden you saw Kelly Dodd within two days slathering creams and tummy teas all over her body. And I'm just like, they're working harder this week than they've worked this entire last year. Or you see that with Jackson Brittany as well from Vanderpump Rules. No, they got too comfortable, didn't they, um, in, in their gig and they didn't think it was going to end. But then you have realists like Vicky Gumbleson who knew... Um, and there's a quite a poignant clip actually from one of the reunions um, from OC, and she says she says that there's going to be a, a stage where the curtains close on Housewives. Um, so and but she like I don't know she's always been good with money, hasn't she? With investments, yeah. I mean, she killed it. And, yeah, like I think she's still absolutely raging that she's not on it still, but she's you know she had. Um, the contingency plans, I think that's the but right it, word. Um, isn't the biggest Achilles heel with any housewife ego? I always feel like uh, that's like the thing I keep thinking about these last couple of weeks is ego is what gets in the way of every one of these housewives, whether it be Erica Jane, Jen Shaw, Vicky Gunvalson, because Vicky, like you said, Vicky has Koto insurance. She does not need the money, but there is an ego involved and the ego will always make you do horrific things that are potentially cringy and then now potentially actionable by the law, you know? Yeah. uh, And you know, a case in point, what we're seeing play out in um I just we're just so lucky we've got both Jen Shaw and, <laughs> and yes, Erica. Yes. It's just so many and um I guess you can dial in and listen when what people do. Yeah, people, yeah. Uh, I talked to my guest today. She was one of the people on the call when the, the initial, and I was like, wow, you can tell your kids about that one day. That's like a piece of history. Um, but uh, Very we, riveting. well, they're already finished filming Real Houses of Salt Lake City season two. And right. they filmed it really quick. And I was talking to Heather Gay on the pod a couple of weeks ago and like, it's, I mean, they filmed all of, I mean, they, they filmed the day that she got busted. They filmed the day like, I mean, my theory and what Heather kind of agreed 
wink, wink was that they're going to try to get a third season in before uh, Jen's court stuff in October, which would be um, New Jersey season three, four. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, but uh, I was like, wow, that's a really rushed job for season two. Like it was like shot in like a month and a half, I think. But if you have that much material, Oh, um, give it trailer now. <laughs> well, could could you like I, I I keep fantasizing about having an FBI agent as one of the side characters this season. Like you have a talking head from an actual FBI agent where you're like, well, you see, Jen uh, told us this. Like I would love that, please. And that's a that's a that's a film right there. And I, I no doubt probably the rights for, for that are being. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm so excited. And it isn't like the court date's going to be coinciding with the with um, the air dates of it's just going to be magic and what we all deserve. Now, as a stylish man yourself, do you agree that Brooks Marks is one of the best designers out there right now? I'm wearing a Brooks Marks tracksuit, and uh, you it's, are, aren't you? Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's so you're so scared. Like, look at that. Come on, that's his name right there. You're, very lucky. I, I hope one day I could be blessed with one. <laughs> um, is it comfy? It's really comfy, actually. I will say yeah. that. I mean, it's probably not really more of a it's more of a winter wear. I don't know why I'm wearing it right now, but uh, I, I, you know, hey, it's it's fr- it makes it, you feel connected I, to the franchise. Yeah, <laughs> you're connected to connected to the, like genius. Like, I, I get inspired when I wear this, you know. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 cool. Um. But uh, who was it? Was it Mary who said, well, it's just one thing. It's not really a fashion <laughs> yeah. show. Like, I'm, I'd, I'd want to see what else he's got, you know, to, uh, before I pass the judgment on whether he's uh, the next Alexander McQueen. <laughs> but, um, I, I hear Mary, uh, Heather said Mary is out of the closet this season in terms of she's not in there with Charlinda, her uh, family member slash non-friend housekeeper. And uh, she's going to be in all the group events, Heather says, which I'm kind of like, I was kind of in and out on Mary. And then I we got more of Mary's story at the reunion, which I thought was a really great thing that they did in the second part of the reunion. We got to flesh out her story more. And I was like, I think I could try to do another season with Mary if she participates more. I'm kind of excited about that. Oh, without doubt, I wanted Mary. I wanted more Mary. Um, yeah, all the Mary I could get. I mean, again, bad person, but uh, yeah. that's, not, yeah, yeah. that's not why I'm watching. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I'm not looking yeah. at any of these people to teach me how to live as a human, you know. Hundred percent. No, I'm just I'm just watching for the for entertainment, and um, yeah, I've never seen anyone like Mary, and I just yeah, I want more. And yeah, glad she's out of the closet. She's now um, gone into a season knowing she's a full housewife, and she's being given the airtime to match. So, um, two more questions. Uh, uh, this is like the most basic question in the world, uh, favorite and worst housewife. And does it change season to season? Um, or do you pretty much always stay strong in your likes and dislikes? Um, I don't, not to like shit all over your question, but I don't know. I don't, I'm not really one to do favorites and rankings, but um, just for one that pops into my head is, um, Karen Huger could be my favorite for right this second, (laughs) because I, I, again, fascinated by her, uh, love to watch her. Uh, she's great and she's yet to actually have anything like really problematic happen i mean there was some tax things but yeah well for for with her husband but then she took care of it supposedly and i think Mm. i think karen to me is like the perfect housewife because um because you see you know 
believing in yourself pays off. And like, you know, like all these other ladies in her cast would make fun of her. And like in the end, she won like the hearts of a lot of the fans. And I think you can, I think there's like different ways to look at these shows where you can lose the episode, but you can win the fan base. Like, you know, like these girls will team up on somebody and they think, oh, fuck this housewife. We're taking this one down. But then the fan base will be the overall kind of judge and juror. And they'll end up going against somebody like, well, screw you, Giselle and Robin, for doing that to our Karen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she, I just hope she doesn't go the way of, um, I, mean, I do love Heather Gay, but I'm not the only one that thinks, you know, towards the reunion, she was sort of like, um, believing her own hype it was just the energy was there that um yeah. i'm the fan favorite and that's i think what we're seeing with leah this season in new york um but yeah i, I don't know i just i don't think karen's as in on the joke do you know what i mean when i say oh that, yeah yeah kind of, no yeah. I mean, she does think she is the grand dom and but it's like it's like how luann thinks she's a good cabaret performer it's like yes. a very, she's not in on the the reason why we love it. Like I've been to a couple of Luann shows now, like, like I follow her around like the Grateful Dead and it's not, it's just a great place to meet fellow Bravo lovers and you, you have the most fun, but Luann's up there thinking she's given the show of a lifetime, you know? Oh yeah. No, the delusion is, is spectacular. Um, uh, but yeah um, so Karen Huger favorite did you ask me my least favorite well least favorite and well the only reason I asked because I mean I don't believe that there are I believe favorites and like people I dislike change season to season so I don't think it is a fair question like I'll I'll I there were seasons I did not like Dorit and then I kind of turned a corner on Dorit where I liked her last season a lot and I got really confused and then I was like well maybe part of this show is that you do just kind of it's potentially like a sports team of like following a player and sometimes you love them and sometimes they fumble. So you're pissed at them. Like maybe it's just all one thing. Oh, obsessed with Dorit. Um, a disappointing current least favorite would be um, Heather Thompson. Just, <laughs> just the, 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 I'm so woke. And then the next minute you're calling a black woman articulate. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, just, do- it was, <laughs> It was uh, uh, cringe, and yeah, it was just I, I, that was only disappointing because, as a former, um, what are we called hollerheads or whatever, <laughs> I don't know what, whatever you call <laughs> Heather Thompson fans. Um, I thought she, I thought she was cool. It's like, oh no, you're not, you're not the girl that I thought you were. Um, and yeah, yes, I did see a clip of her. Watch what happens live. Politicians. Uh, oh my god! I mean, prepared. I, you know, I I go back and forth this because I give her credit for at least apologizing. That's what we want, right? Like even with Chrissy Teigen, it's like, well, she apologizes, but then you're like, ah, oh, but this is still like weirdly cringy, and this is still like written down, and it's still so there is this weird hollowness about it. But I guess you know, at least you made an effort. But I too have learned about the black experience because I own both Beyonce and Puff Daddy albums, so I do know. Just the black beyond. Oh no, God, you're making me. <laughs> but isn't it? I mean, I love that the the uh, like the whole audience heard that and they were like, "Oh my God, no! Where would you ever think in your right mind that that was like something?" And that's mm. when you know Heather is a housewife. She's delusional to a point where she thought that was okay to say. Yeah, and she and she dipped, and we're not going to see her for the for the rest of the season. And um, you know, I'm I'm okay with that because uh, you know I see who she is now, and she's got a lot, a lot of work to do, so she could potentially redeem herself. But um, but yet we yeah. forgive Ramona. Like we we Ramona to me is untouchable. Like I even love Ramona so much, 
but she, I know, has so many problematic things she's said in the past, problematic views. But for some reason, I just can't, I can't hate Ramona. Like it's weird. I, there's like a force field around her for some reason with me. It's difficult. It, yeah. Again, I'm the same. Like, I just, I, I don't, I don't want Ramona to ever be fired. Like, I just want her to be doing this well into her eighties, um, and I think she will. Uh, but yeah, but then again, that's not an endorsement. I don't agree with anything she does. Let's 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 um, face it. But uh, yeah, I just find her fascinating, and she's funny. But then again, completely not in on the joke in the slightest. No, and just yeah fascinating her mannerisms and yeah i could just watch do you, her. do you guys have a buca de beppo over there do you have a dorit's room in uh, the uk yet we, we don't I, I believe that's a u.s only oh man but, um, you guys are missing out over there i need buca de beppo to, to come to the uk yeah. <laughs> um wait what and this is like final i was just curious what was your pandemic experience and what's it like over there in terms of every is everything opening back up again like everything it's like really crazy even in LA now things are opening up and I don't have to wear a mask in certain places and it's very weird after so long what's it like what's it been like over there for you and what's it like now so we're just and we had this roadmap out of um lockdown and we've done one two three and the last stage is four um four has just been delayed a month so we're we're just on three at the moment and um yeah so we could basically do we're basically not locked down at all we could do everything apart from clubs can't open and i don't believe theaters or um gigs music events can't happen but apart from that everything is just normal but uh, yeah with face masks masks in shops and uh, when you're standing up at restaurants and, and and stuff and on trains and planes but um, <laughs> you keep adding to the list yeah but yeah i mean i don't know uh, I, I don't like when people complain about lockdown when it's not really lockdown you know yeah so, no i mean like i i i was i found it so weird even the conversation about masks i'm like do you know how easy it is for me to put on a mask like I mean, it sucks, but I mean, I, it's nice to feel the cool air against my cheeks, but I'm not like, I, I, I think the only people that should be pissed about masks are the extremely hot people. If you're extremely mm -hmm. hot, you should be livid that you can't be showing off your face everywhere, but everybody else, we should be totally cool with it. You know? I know. I love wearing a mask because I can cover my pre nose job. <laughs> face, <you know? laughs> um, but yeah, no, you'd love it in the UK because no one wears masks outside apart from me. <laughs> so yeah, they all um, put them on quickly before they go into a shop. But apart from that, no one wears masks outside. Oh, that's so. wild. Yeah. Um, well, Joe, how do we support you? I know you are a much bigger uh, presence already than uh, I, I'm sure everybody knows Joe already that's listening. But if you don't, the Instagram account, of course, is at Joe Gunn and then there's Joe Gunn TV, correct? Yeah. So it's um, Joe Gunn was taken, um, oh. <laughs> even though they haven't posted since 2016. <laughs> um, but so I'm, I'm Joe Gunn 90 on Instagram. Oh, Joe Gunn 90, sorry little spin-off baby account called joke on tv which is where i shit post so yeah oh god that's all <laughs> i do is shit post and then you do have a podcast but i know you post infrequently so i mean bare minimum is the podcast i know dylan hafer was just on there i was looking and we love dylan over here so go subscribe rate it five stars i mean do you just do that like every month or so or what is the well it's bare minimum by name and bare minimum by nature because uh, yeah <laughs> it's, it's just dormant but then the episodes are still there so technically i do still have a podcast but, oh. yeah, I, just, I just do it whenever um 
I get the whim to do it and I can figure out a guest to come on and, and yeah. But um, have you made any memes it, in your head this last hour? <laughs> no. <laughs> again, like every post I make in my head, I'm like, right, that's my last post. I'm never gonna create anything again. And, and that's it. <laughs> it's done. Everyone might as well unfollow right now because <laughs> we're over. Wait, yeah. Do you um, ever do that? Do you personalize things? Like if a post doesn't take off the way, does it does it attack you in the sense of like, I guess I'm not funny anymore. I guess they found me out. Um, if it really, really flops, I'll just delete it <laughs> but, um, uh, just out of pride. Um, but then uh, I, I, I just have to tell myself it's, I'm, it's just the internet. Doing, I'm doing this for free. I'm not getting paid. It's, it's just memes and the internet. Yeah. So. But I think it means a great deal to a lot of people. It means a great deal to me. And thank you so much for being here. I'm so sorry for being late for this, but thank you for being so accommodating. Uh, but Joe Gunn, you guys, uh, he really, you just got an amazing mind and I really appreciate you spending the time with us today. Thank you, Ryan. It's been a pleasure. It's been so bad but it's good. Oh! <laughs> um, okay. And yeah, pleasure. Betches.